You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Part of the murderer's row of ball talk. Play ball! Here's legendary pitcher and broadcaster Jim Cott. Man, up! On the ride with Royce. Jim Cott, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Patrick. Uh, uh, you got a game this Twins week? Still, Twins still down a pair here in the seventh inning. Yeah, the guy's cruising through them. The first game of this doubleheader's going too fast, Jim. We're, we're going to want to oh, have more goodness. doubleheaders. Yeah. Well... Just, uh, there'll be a few pitching changes that'll slow it down. <laughs> That's true. Hey, Jim, uh, on this day in 1970, Burt Blylevin made his first major league start. Now, you were in spring training with that kid. He was 18 in spring training. He didn't turn 19 until April. Do you remember seeing him the first time? Well, I remember hearing about him, uh, Calvin, of which in those days we had no agents, and Calvin, of course, was the owner and the general manager, so you always negotiated, and I use the term loosely, with Calvin, your contract. <laughs> you listened to what he would finally end up giving you, and shook your head and said, let's go play. And he said, well, you know, he knew I was Dutch, and he said, yeah. we got this Dutch kid that we think might have as good a curveball as Camilo Pascual. Uh-huh. So I didn't... Uh, and of course, for those that don't remember Camilo, the uh, uh, the Cuban-born pitcher who yeah. had, I think, by American League standards, the best overhand curveball yep. uh, that hitters had to look at. The old twelve o'clock to six o'clock. They didn't have spin rates in those days, but I would <laughs> I would get I, I would be willing to predict that he had the best spin of anybody. He led the American League in strikeouts, sixty-two, three, and four, uh, as I yeah. recall. Yeah. So that but, was uh, so. I had heard about Bert then. I didn't see a lot of him, but when when I saw him make his debut, you know, he gave up a home run to Lee May, uh, the yes. leadoff hitter, and then he just settled right in and pitched seven innings. And and the thing we were all impressed with is that, uh, I mean, at nineteen, he he looked like he belonged in the big leagues. I mean, he wasn't a. Uh, a uh, fresh-faced kid that looked like he was awed by the big league atmosphere. He just looked like he fit right in from his very first start. And that could have been uh, Tiant and Boswell both both broke down that year, which uh, gave him an opportunity. Uh, but uh, you had another phenomenon that year. I was looking it up, trying to figure out why against the Orioles, Blylevin didn't get a start, but the second game was started by Tommy the Blade Hall, who in September had been unhittable, basically, and that's why he got the start instead of uh, Blylevin. Yeah, I remember Tommy Hall, the Blade, and, you know, he, he started a few times, but he was not comfortable starting, and I remember when Marv Grissom, they were they were sort of phasing me out at that time. And they thought Tommy Hall, you know, would be one of their regular starters. And I wasn't doing this to keep my job. I knew that I was kind of on the way out. But I said, uh, I said, Marv, I got to tell you something. Tommy Hall's not comfortable being a starter. You know, you could tell he was fidgety. He was nervous those four days. 
And as it turned out, he became, you know, one of the really hard-throwing lefty relief pitchers uh, after that. He was much better suited for relief than starting. But, uh, boy, for a slender uh, for a slender young man, he could really throw the ball. Well, you were 20 when you first came to the big leagues, too, right? I mean, you were a... You were yeah, a, I was, I was you were a rule by... <laughs> Yeah, I had I had uh, set the Southern Association strikeout record. I struck out nineteen, mm-hmm. and then I struck out four in my next start. And then I had a little feeling in my shoulder. I didn't know what it was. We didn't have MRIs, X-rays, yeah. things like that. You just say, "Hey, my shoulder hurts." Well, I'll take ten days off. Well, when I came back in about three weeks, uh, Red Marion was our manager down there. He he noticed my arm angle had really dropped down. There was yeah. something going on there in the back of my shoulder. And the next thing you know, he calls me into his office and said, kid, you're going to the big leagues. <laughs> and, of course, I was excited about it, but I was not the same pitcher I was like three weeks before that. And I said, well, you know that my arm is not as sound as it should be. Hey, get up there and tell them about it. You know, that would <laughs> never happen today. But they had no idea when I got up there and started that first game in Chicago. My first game it was second game of doubleheader. I think we were on an eighteen game losing streak. Really? Uh, wow. And they, they noticed uh they noticed that my, my arm angle was not the same and they said, Wow, what's uh what's wrong? And then they found out I had like a little cyst in uh and my back had that operated oh, on really? taking okay. it out. Yeah, and then uh-huh. I, I came back uh and that was in 59. Yep. You know, the clubhouses in Chicago then were up above the third base dugout. You had to walk through the White Sox dugout. Oh, up, really? Up I didn't know that. Yeah. And then on the way down to go warm up, you walk down the stairs. Starting game two, I'm meeting Russ Kemmerer, who pitched game one and lost, I think, two to one. And, and on my way down, here I am, 20 years old, go for my first start. He said, Kit. I wish you well, but you don't have a chance. You can't beat anybody. <laughs> he gave you uh, he gave you uh, a big. Uh, uh, that was uh, some kind of a bad senators team, huh? Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, yeah, that was the real first in war, first peace, and last in the American League in Washington. No doubt about that. So, Aaron Judge, uh, eight Ks and a doubleheader. That ain't easy. You can't. That's that's hard to do. Yeah, Kirby used to. I think when you got uh, three, of course, was a hat trick. Four yeah. was the golden sombrero. I don't know what they. <laughs> I guess you'd call it the snowman if you got eight of them, like you do in golf. It looks like a snowman, but uh, that's kind of the modern. That's the modern hitter now. He might strike out eight times. He's got a great attitude about it, and he might come back tonight and hit two, three home runs. So as those of us that follow the game closely know that there are now more strikeouts than hits in baseball, and uh, and a majority or much uh, the highest percentage ever continues to get higher uh, at bats end up in a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. Yeah, uh, so it's like uh, everyday home run derby. Well, last year uh, he went into his dive after the home run derby, and remember he had a bad month almost, and everybody blamed it on the home run derby. Yeah, you you know you hit her, you get a little out of whack, and uh, he stays on right field so good a lot of times, and I suppose and when he gets out of that habit a little bit, then you can get him with that breaking ball away, like a lot of those big sluggers. 
You know, you. Uh, I'm sure you remember when we were kids, we played Pepper. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what Pepper is, right? Oh yeah, I remember uh, all the signs at the big league ballpark saying "No Pepper." Right. They didn't want you tearing you, up the you grass. Have like four or five. Yeah, you have four or five guys out in front of yeah. you, about twenty feet, and they're throwing the ball, and you just. It's like bunting with about a, a, a one-tenth of a swing. You're just tapping yeah. the ball. I mean, when I coach for Pete, I don't think two days went by and he just said, let's go play Pepper, let's go play Pepper. And Rod Drew played Pepper. So I'm talking to Tito Francona when I did a Cub game a couple weeks ago and, and you know, all the strikeouts, and I said, Tito, do guys play Pepper anymore? And he wouldn't tell me the name of the hitter, but he said, we had a hitter. He said, funny you mentioned that. We had a hitter that was striking out a lot, and we thought, well, let's go out and have him play a little pepper. He couldn't play pepper. <laughs> swing. All he could do was swing like he was going to hit the ball out of the ballpark, and really? he didn't have that little touch and feel. And I've always I've said for years that I think that's really something that hitters are missing because when you look at the good hitters in the game today, uh, you know, like Mookie Betts I'll use for an example in Altuve, they have great hand-eye. Everybody talks about their hand-eye coordination and their fast hands. You don't have to get into mechanics and hips and shoulders and everything like that, but you look at Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, all the great hitters, they had hand-eye coordination, and one of the things that promotes that is playing pepper. Guys don't do it anymore, and the strikeout totals keep going higher. Jim Kotz with us. Jim, uh, Eddie Rosario, three home runs on Sunday. Uh, two of them clearly not close to being strikes. One of them maybe on the edge, but probably not a strike. So we'll call it three home runs off pitches out of the zone. Uh, one of the best bad ball hitters I've seen, uh, We were t- they were talking about it today and brought up, uh, they were wondering if Tony was a bad ball hitter. And I said, when he came up, everybody talked about Tony as a bad ball hitter. Yeah, I think so. You know, every now and then, Tony would take a pitch right down the middle, and he'd get back to the dugout, and I'd say, T, how about that first pitch? He said, I'm guessing ball. I don't <laughs> think he's going to throw me a strike there. <laughs> but, yeah, Tony Tony was one like Kirby. You know, uh, Kirby yeah, was right. into that category. And, of course, the most famous was Yogi back yeah. in Yogi Bear's day. And, uh, you know, if you could mm-hmm. see it and reach it, Yogi was going to swing at it and hit it. And yet they just had this uh, – you mentioned the judge's strikeouts. Uh, he struck out. He has now struck out twelve times in the month of June. It's now June five. Yogi struck out twelve times the entire season in nineteen fifty. <laughs> <laughs> so there again, you go to your hand-eye coordination instead of you know looking for a perfect pitch to hit. Just see the ball and hit the ball, and that's obviously what Rosario's doing quite well. I remember when Tony first came up reading all the stories about the people talking about, you know, he came up in 62 and 63, but I mean, when he came up to stay, and that that pitch up and elevated that most people didn't swing at, he'd kind of tomahawk that thing and hit rockets all over the place. Yeah, and the other thing was, and I, I used to talk to him about this, about growing up in Cuba, where they played with you know, wadded up paper baseballs, and that ball would dart and dive yeah. all over the place. So they became good breaking ball. Yes. Hitters. So when in Tony's early years, a pitcher would go, you know, fastball, fastball. He'd get him zero and two and one and two, and we'd say the pitcher doesn't know it, but he's in trouble. <laughs> and then he'd try to drop that slider down and in on him, and boom! That's that's where Tony really 
elevated his averages. He was such a good breaking ball hitter. Uh, the uh, Twins have one hit in seven innings here, uh, Jim. This isn't too good. Hey, if this this Arizona collapse is uh, amazing considering all the compliments they were getting in uh, April about being a team on the rise. Yeah, I think what what's really a shock is uh, Goldschmidt. You know, I think he's just hitting yeah. a little over 200. Yeah, that can't be but, true, uh, man. Yeah, and that that's just, I mean, they had a chance really just by playing 500 ball to put a lot of distance between them and the Dodgers and the Rockies, but now they've let uh, they've let everybody back in it. It's going to be interesting tonight. They're going up against uh, Bumgarner. He's going to make his uh, Oh, day he's coming back. back okay. His injury. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be tonight, but yeah, they had it going on for a while. Well, that's the thing about 162 games. You go through those peaks and valleys and just seeing uh, Tito Francona talking to him about his Cleveland team and you know they just were hovering around 500 but then last year they ran off 22 in a row yeah. so do you have a game knows, that, uh, you got you got a game this week I don't have one this week I, I've got a few weeks uh, before my next one oh, and okay. I have Angels and Red Sox uh, which will be fun to see Pujols and Trout and Fenway Park and then I have Red Sox and Yankees at the stadium uh, shortly after that, and that's always, as I tell our TV crew, four hours of trauma. (laughs) Now, uh, have you escaped Florida for the New England yet, or is that a little later? Oh, no, it's uh, it's playing golf up here now has been like playing in Scotland, like 55 (laughs) degrees with a little mist, and I'm out of that... uh, Hundred degree heat index. <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, where where are you uh, roughly in the New England? I'm in Manchester Center, Vermont. Ooh, man, alive! How did you discover Manchester Center, Vermont? Well, my wife is from Bennington, which is okay. about twenty minutes from here. Okay, so she uh, she introduced you to a, a wonderful part of the country, huh? Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, hey Jim, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. All right. All right, Patrick, take care. Yes, sir. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Theodore, Solovich can get it back, and here's Niskanen with a shot. Score! It is in front of Niskanen, uh, the defenseman. Uh, it's always said from Virginia he played high school hockey for Virginia only because his home uh, high school, Aurora Hoyt Lakes, did not have a hockey team. So they were in with Virginia. And uh, one reason Matt Niskanen ended up at UMD rather than the Gophers, perchance, is that he wanted to stay home in Aurora Hoyt Lakes and play high school football. And baseball with his pals. Okay, so hmm. he went to. Uh, he I know he played football for Aurora Hart Lakes. I know. I think he was the quarterback, and I think he. I think they had a baseball team too. So they were played, big enough to have those sports, he, but not but hockey. They didn't have hockey. Okay, and he played all three sports in high school, and he did not go play junior hockey. And you know everybody kind of wanted you then to go play junior hockey. The a three sport kid from the Iron Range up there, not even the 
That's not Virginia's never even been the real hockey part of the Iron Range. You know, they were a little little they were never a powerhouse. They had some good teams, but they were never a powerhouse. And in fact, uh when he went to the state tournament with them, and it would have been uh two thousand five, I believe. Uh that was the first time Virginia had ever been to the state hockey tournament. I went mm-hmm. up and did a piece on it. I went up there, had a time of my life talking to these old Rangers. Oh, I bet. High school hockey and that stuff. But Niskanen was the star of that team. But Niskanen, of course, now is one victory, just like T.J. Oshie, one victory from the Cup. Uh, Went and played at uh, UMD, played two years at UMD, uh, and then at the end of his 2006-07 sophomore season, he signed immediately with uh, Dallas, which had drafted him, played there. Uh, played 13 games in the AHL, and the next year, 2007, he would have been what 20 years old. He was in the in the NHL. He's been that good. He played uh, never really played in the minor leagues since those 13 games. 2007, he spent four years in Dallas, and then he spent four years in Pittsburgh, and now this is his uh, fourth year with the Caps. A long uh, long career, uh, and he's uh, had a very good uh, postseason here too. He has scored, where did I write that? He's got one goal and eight assists. And you know what has caused quite the turmoil and the phenomenon in Washington, D.C.? Hmm. Oshie and Niskanen riding the Metro to, <laughs> they've been taking the train to the games. And people are now going crazy because they, they, these two Minnesotans guy apparently started by Nis- Niskanen, and he explained it by saying, I'm a cheap ass. <laughs> he started it, and Oshi much more recognizable than he's Niskan. a goal scorer yep. than Niskanen has now become. It, it became a hey, Oshi takes the train, but Niskanen takes the train well, with him. So now people try to get on the same car with him and to take, time it just to right. Time it up, yeah, they, you know, they, but they, as going. as you well know too, I thought it was going to be because. You know, when you drive in D.C., you're taking your own life, and you're you know you're taking your life well, in your own hands. The you traffic is traffic, awful. Plus, you can get in a traffic jam that never. Yeah, and and the Verizon Center is right eight blocks from the White House or ten blocks. It's right downtown. Right downtown in yeah. the midst of chaos. So it's probably a good idea, but now it's become a deal. And the Metro uh, apparently, if they they win the cup. Is going to have a a pass that's got Oshie's head on it or something like that. <laughs> that's they're great. so excited about it. But uh, Matt Niskanen has, uh, you know, came out of Virginia and played in the 2005, I believe, state tournament. And two years later, he's in the NHL. You know, and I, I mean, three years later, he's in the NHL. I, forgive me if I mentioned this to you guys off the air, but we did have breaking news in the Reavers household this morning. Okay, my six-year-old son and who has switched sides, who has been on the Vegas Transformers Uh-oh. bandwagon since the beginning of the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup playoffs. When I informed him this morning, because he went to bed when it was three to nothing. Yeah, well, he knew what was going to happen, and he knew the Capitals were going to win. So when I informed him the final was six to two, uh, Capitals had won to take a three games to one lead. He said, "You know what, Dad." I think I'm going to root for the Washingtons. <laughs> Boy, he is. Uh, he is. <laughs> I terrible. said you can't jump he's ship bigger, like that. He's a bigger front runner than height. For goodness <laughs> sake. Man, alive! That is brutal. I know. I that said you, you. Hey, I said, son, 
You, you got you to make up your mind. Come on here. I mean, I, I've been cheering for the purple my entire life. I, if I wanted to jump ship, I've had many opportunities to do so. You can't just give well, up like that. Since we're telling kids stories, my seven-year-old grandson uh, got a note from his first-grade teacher at the end of the year mm-hmm. that was sent to his parents telling the teacher saying, this kid knows more about sports than anybody I've ever. He says, he's going to be a broadcaster or something. Oh, yeah. She said, and I, and I was thinking today, I've talked to him about the wild. If he becomes the wild broadcaster in 20 years, Greenlay will be a critic compared to this kid. Greenlay will be, a, this kid will be a homer of unbelievable proportions. He ain't switching sides. He fits the Fox Sports North profile. If FSN is still on and they're looking for a homer in about 20 years, uh, get check out Luke Dillon because that kid, he takes very... Uh, very good care of them. After a 6-2 to two edging by yeah. the Stars, he'll say, hey, yeah. we'll be scored in the power play. Yes, we did. We, <laughs> we scored, scored last. last. Yeah, yeah, we scored last. <laughs> right out of the brew thing. So, anyway, we shall return. This is the Ride with Racy. One other little item on Matt Niskin and fellas. Uh, he read a hero book on Mario Lemieux. His mother told this story. When he was in the fourth grade, and he bought uh, he bought the book home, and he and he uh, was very excited, and he wrote to Mario Lemieux and offered to send Mario Lemieux a puck if he would send him an autograph photo, uh, and we uh, and uh, Linda Niskanen a couple of years ago said we still have that autograph photo of Mario Lemieux. And uh, she said, so Mario accepted Matt's offer. Well, he did send him a puck. Oh, that's great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Mario Lemieux a puck. Here's Johnny Hype. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by UPSjobs.com. What a great job with benefits. UPS is hiring part-time package handlers throughout the Twin Cities. $15 per hour and up to $25,000 in tuition assistance. Apply at UPSjobs.com. Twins White Sox playing a doubleheader down at Target Field. Right now, game one is in the eighth inning. It's two to one White Sox. Uh, the Twins with runners on the corners and uh, two outs. Uh, game two will feature the Major League debut of uh, Zach Littell for the Twins. Chicago throws righty Lucas Giolato in game two. Uh, we have controversy here in the studio because, yes. Molly, Molly because Mo- for- Paul Molitor just pulled a guardy. I don't get. Guardy used to do this all the time and it would drive me nuts. Was two outs and the. Uh, so you're not staying out of the double play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. You don't take Sano out when he's standing on first base when uh, you got the tying run at third base. And yeah, the, you just want to get the game tied more than anything right now. now if anyway, a guy right? gets a hit now. And you got the leader on at second, then you can think of it. If Escobar hits a double and Petit scores from first to give them the lead, I will offer up an apology (laughs) to the manager. But the chances of you going to extra innings now are greatly increased. Uh, He just went to dead center and he just hit it out of the ballpark. Paul Molitor made (laughs) one of the most brilliant moves I've ever seen. He could have scored on that ball. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Eduardo Escobar could have scored on Eddie Escobar's home run. Three Mm -hmm. run over to dead center. So, Paul, you still screwed up. Okay. I just don't understand mm-hmm. why. And, and Paul Molitor knows more about baseball than I could ever even dream of, but I MVP. just don't understand. MVP of this team, Manny. Rosario or Eddie Escobar? Yeah. Give it to both of them. Yes. You know I love my guy, Eddie Escobar. It's an He's Eddie great. team. That's all they got. They got two Eddies Eddie is a... pumped up. Look at that. They I got love two that Eddies kid. and a bunch of stiffs. I love that <laughs> kid. He's so good. 
Ah, here you go. By the way, you know who's going to be the brunt or face the brunt of criticism here is Renteria from the Chicago White Sox lifting that kid that I don't even think he was at 90 pitches when they pulled him to start this inning. Yeah, but you got Nate Jones. Who just coughed up. hard, but gave up. Who just gave up four runs in an inning. You know, leap happens. (laughs) Former North. Could have been Addison Reed right there. Yeah. Exactly the same thing would have happened. Folks, don't go anywhere because Fernando's coming in at the top of the (laughs) night. Don't worry. Hey, he's been. He hasn't even any fun anymore. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's not enough excitement. No, I want you. more excitement. Former North Stars GM Jack Ferreira. You know named- who I want? I want Valverde back. I liked him when he, <laughs> <put> his- <laughs> yeah. he, when he, he comes his- set. He went in the stretch and he put his hands on his big fat belly. I love that. <laughs> Former North Stars GM Jack Ferreira named an assistant this GM is of the, the Wild thing today. thing I've ever heard. 73 Ferreira joins the staff of new Wild GM Paul Fenton. Fenton played for First, Ferreira. Louie comes back to hire the gopher <laughs> hockey coach, and then Jack Ferreira comes back. <laughs> Ferreira, uh, Fenton played for you Ferreira. let me get away with that cheap shot? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All, right. All right, okay. When the latter was GM you of the San Jose Sharks. You can't. You, you gotta you gotta make a little noise so the public realizes I just took a cheap shot at someone. <laughs> uh, Ferreira, who has worked for the LA Kings organization as a senior advisor for the past twelve years, is expected to remain in California and work remotely. The Adrian Hitch, what? Yeah, he's our number one assistant. That's what they're and saying. He's not even gonna come and visit us. They live in California. You know, he's a he's a commie, by the way. He went out with the Sharks. He left us uh-huh. and went to the Sharks. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was one. He left with the guns. Now, wait a minute. Help me out here because I thought the Sid rule was if you left town, you were never going to work in this town again. <laughs> yeah, so would that well, qualify? Yeah. Nobody told Craig Leopold that, he, that Jack Ferrara was uh, banned. Dems the rules. <laughs> Adrian Heath show tonight on this station, live from the Nomad in Minneapolis, uh, taking uh, talking Minnesota United soccer. That underway in about twenty five minutes. Uh, there'll be at least one more season without shot clocks in Minnesota high school basketball. Cheap. A proposal to implement thirty five second shot clocks voted down by the Minnesota State High School League Board of Directors at a meeting yesterday. I think some charitable uh, organization or sports organization should donate a million dollars to Minnesota high schools to buy clocks. <laughs> so then we could have a better game. The majority of coaches are in favor of shot clocks, but concerns exist, as Pat said, about the cost of installing shot clocks in each gym and paying people to operate them during games. Yeah, you get volunteers to operate them. The board did approve one ba- uh, basketball-related recommendation, voting to implement a restricted arc under the hoop starting next season. Defenders cannot attempt to take. Why not just use the honor the system? <laughs> <laughs> No? Okay. I wonder if they... Why not have somebody with a microphone counting? Ten! Ten! On the restricted arc, I wonder if they'll... If if somebody takes a charge, they if they'll replay? go back to the to the yeah, reviews, replay, yeah. if somebody's videotaping the game and they'll review <laughs> yes, it and change right. the call. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, go for shortstop Taryn Vavra, taken by the Colorado Rockies in the third round of the Major League Baseball draft today. Uh, he ends up being the 96th overall selection. You know, we'll find out if Sid still has the fire. Still has the fire. Because in the old days, if you had a gopher as good as this kid and the Twins didn't draft him, Ooh. Sid would beat oh, you. Oh, sure. Really? Nobody could figure out why the twins didn't take Terran Vavra. So uh, <laughs> it was, uh, we'll see if he still has the fire or not. <laughs> Did 
Johnny, you better take a break. You got to give us a tag. Tra- I, I a traffic report. Yes. Double duty hype, we call it. The ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Murphy! Fly ball! Left field! Goodbye! John Ryan Murphy make it five homers in his last seven games and make it 7 nothing D-backs. Now, that is not the D-backs double-A farm club, ladies and gentlemen. No, or uh, the, or the, 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 the farm, you know, the I think their farm club is, where is it? Is it Reno? No, it's not Reno. I'm not sure where it is. I thought it, it was New Mex- somewhere in New Mexico. Wherever it is. Altitude. Al- you Albuquerque, know, altitude. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Albuquerque. Well, there's altitude. Nope. That is our guy, John Ryan Murphy. And actually, hats off to Randball. He brought my attention to this today. That uh, I was watching Monday night's baseball game, clicking over, and I knew John Ryan Murphy was in the big leagues, but I just assumed he was hitting 180, right? <laughs> like he always like he does. do, <laughs> like he do. And uh, as of uh, Monday, it, it, Randball says he's watching the game, and all of a sudden he hears John Ryan Murphy has more home runs per at bat. In the major leagues than anybody. Oh my God. He had eight wow. home runs and 91 at bats as of Monday night. Uh, you know, the only reason the Twins signed him was he took Perky Oppo that uh, time in right center field, hit the three run homer. The I mean, the only reason they traded for him is because they decided A, Buxton was going to. We had too many outfielders. And Aaron Hicks, you're going to move Aaron Hicks, give him a chance. And. Twins got nothing but abuse for John Ryan Murphy, of course, because uh, uh, the trade came after 2015. Hicks showed up, did okay with the Yankees, got better with the Yankees, especially in 2017, and actually started to even be able to hit the ball left-handed. He yes. Terrible left-handed. Because he gave up on switch hitting. Remember so, that? That was a fun time. 2016... The uh, Twins had him up for 26 games. He was so bad. He was the worst part about it. It wouldn't have been so bad if he was hitting 144, 146 in 26 games, but he was horrible in spring training. He couldn't get a hit in spring training. I remember the glad man telling me about three games in, he said, this guy can't hit. And uh, we, we all agreed on that. Last year, 2017, he only got up for five games with the Diamondbacks and had seven at bats. This year, because he was traded, was it midseason? Yeah, they finally got rid of him yeah. uh, against uh, for uh, Gabriel Moya. Moya. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In uh, you know they they basically gave him to the Diamondbacks for nothing. Uh, nice kid, really good guy, and uh, it's kind of good to see. And he's uh, all of a sudden he's hitting home runs and having a good old time. And uh, he's uh, on his way to being the number so, one catcher in Austin. And so, so here's what Twins fans are saying. They should have never given up on Hicks. Yep. And they should have never. We should have both Hicks and Murphy on the same team. team. We yes. should have both of them. We should. We, Hicks, think how much better we'd be if we had Hicks in center field and Murphy catcher. Now, I have a better question, though. Yes. You laid out his stats and everything. And that's, you know, eight home runs. Yeah, largest ratio in baseball. That's great, but how's his framing? I don't know. You know, he was pretty mediocre catcher, so he wasn't very well framing. Here's a good stat. I'm not Mr. OPS, you know. In fact, I think it's silly because 
you're taking two different stats and adding them together based on different things, okay? But with the Twins, in his time in the Twins, his OPS was 413. His OPS now is 890. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, You know what he needed to do was get to the desert. mm -hmm, That's what he needed to do. That's true. Uh, feisty young 75-year-old general manager Lou Lamarillo of the New York <laughs> Islanders finally has acceded to the wishes of the masses out there and fired uh, general manager Garth Snow, and uh, coach Doug Waite went out the door with him. Uh, yes, it's Lou starting the youth movement with uh, the Islanders. <laughs> Garth Snow, of course, Enemy number one among the Gopher Don, right? hockey fans yeah. for six years ago, if I said, by turning Ocposo pro at midseason, saying he's not developing here. Remember the big oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there was another and player, too, besides Oposo, wasn't there, that, that they had drafted that came from the U of M? Oposo was the one that they pulled out of school. I can't remember. I think he cited another yes, guy. Yeah. But, uh, yes, and, of course, now if you hear... Uh, criticism of the Don for leaving is, ah, he doesn't develop right. so, so maybe Garcino was right. Uh, we got a final, by the way, at Target Field. Fernando didn't even make it One, interesting. One, two, three. Come Fernando, on. The very boring Fernando Rodney, Mr. <laughs> Clean, we call him. Uh, One, two, three, you're out. By the way. About 15 pitches. I by think. the way, everybody who wanted to badmouth him, he's got the best stuff in the bullpen. Okay? Yeah. He throws 96 when he wants to, and he's got the changeup. He's got the best stuff in the bullpen. So answer me this, Mr. Royce. Are we going to start this game at 618? Uh, they might tell him to wait till 630 so we can have the full half. What What's FSN going to do now, though? They got the, they're going to run the postgame show into the pregame show, right? Well, you got to do that, don't you? Five forty-eight, both first game of the doubleheaders, and they started at three ten, did they? Yeah, three twenty-eight. That's not two thirty-eight. Eddie Escobar hits a uh, four run, a three-run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning with two outs Gosh, he's been and fantastic. two straight away center field, and uh, the Twins win four to two. That's four in a row. What are they now? Twenty-seven and thirty. Twenty-seven and thirty. Yes, twenty-seven and thirty. Okay, here's my favorite story of the day. My guy, Keith Ellison, has uh, withdrawn his candidacy uh, for the congressional district that he would hold with a 70% of the vote to run in the DFL primary for attorney general. You're a Keith guy, Manny. What the hell is he doing this for? I I don't know, but I I think maybe he might feel like he can have more impact on society if he's an attorney general. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but it's uh, he might might just be bored with Washington. Founds out you're beating your head on the wall trying to get something accomplished. So uh, Keith Ellison uh, continues to stir up quite a uh, you know Tim Walls. He's quitting to run for governor. Rick Nolan. There's, these guys are resigning to run for state offices. It's uh, kind of weird. Interesting. It? Yeah. It's, it is uh, very. Three Democrats, by the way, yeah. have uh, bailed. So uh, what's that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Twins win four to two, 
Eddie Escobar, I didn't. I wasn't looking over my shoulder. Did Eddie go? Eddie go a little goofy in the dugout? Oh God, Marty yeah. Gellner tweeted out a photo from the dugout. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I retweeted it. They it's, didn't give him the silent treatment. No, no, no. Everybody was pretty the, jacked. Uh, did he have the power water? No, but he did the muscle flex into okay. the camera. Okay. And when he got to the very end of the dugout, that was pretty great. He, it was uh, classic. Eddie. I haven't seen him this week have the have the uh, power. I haven't either. The power water. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's uh, what Fogo. He, he's the Fogo, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. The, what's the, the restaurant? The Fogo de Shown. The Fogo, the yeah. one downtown. That Where you get you all the meat. And eat all the meat. And he apparently likes it there, so that's his Fogo power water <laughs> that he drinks. He is a character, man. He is a character, and uh, they're going to have to pay him. Come on. Get, you know what? Right now, you call him in, give him three years, $30 million, he'll take it. You wait a little longer, he might be worth more. Well, yeah, if maybe it keeps three up at thirty, this pace, maybe three too. for thirty-five, huh? Well, not to mention he's a great leader, and oh, you can put him anywhere. Him. You put well, him he's anywhere, a, he's a, play anywhere. He's a leader by being going about his business. Because everybody loves him, but he's a you know he's a serious ball player, but mm. everybody loves him, and he's productive. Yes, God, yes. Well, he goes straight away center field at five foot eight. You know, and how about the fact we're looking back on that Liriano trade, and he was the best player involved in that deal. Yes, and uh, again, was it Pedro Hernandez? Are we going to get Liriano in this series? By the way, or where? No, he's in Detroit. He's in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, Yeah. he's a hard guy to keep track of. But anyway. If only they had John Ryan Murphy and Aaron Hicks, we could take this run seriously. We'll be back. Now, on the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaint. What do you got, Manny? My daily complaint is with Hunter Green's dad, (laughs) Russell Green, who went after our guy Mackie last night because Phil put out some stats about how Hunter Green's been doing and compared to Royce Lewis and all this stuff. Russell, <laughs> how would he did, know? Yeah, well, it, here's my thing. Did, 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 well, you know that means he's searching Hunter did, but, Green but on did, Twitter. Uh, but did uh, Phil use Hunter Green's Twitter no. account? No, no, he just said, no, he just, he just, he said just typed Green. his name. No. And my my thing with Russell's, dude, you better get used to this because every time yeah. your kid goes out and you know he has a bad performance, somebody's gonna rip him. Yes. Somebody's going to rip him. So you better get used to this. Like well, it's going to he's, he's I, your kid's uh, going to be fine. He's going to be pretty good, but just uh, cool your jets. I, I, Chill I, out, dude. I, he's not uh Mr. Ball, but I hear he's a very active father. So Hunter Green. Kind of Might like have been her, one of the reasons kind of like why a, the Twins front office avoided yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Royce Lewis is going to spend a little more time in Cedar Rapids. I think everybody was worried about him being promoted, but he's uh, he's under 300 now. Is he really? Yeah, I thought he was doing good. I think he was nice. He's had a couple. Oh, he was doing great, okay. but he's had a couple bad weeks. So. Uh, my quick day of the complaint is with uh, all of you negative uh, commentators that ripped Paul Molitor's decision to uh, <laughs> take Miguel Sano out of the game yes. and uh, bring just, in a pinch runner. Just What's wrong with you? He knows the game. We'd still be waiting for the game to end for Miguel to run those three bases. So, uh, you know, uh, Rodney might have gotten stiff warming up while Miguel was trying around the bases. That could have happened. What's your daily complaint? Oh, I guess my daily complaint is that uh, do I have a daily complaint i don't even know what i'm upset about i i i had all my good daily complaints yesterday like i i did uh did i, I did complain about the uh soccer scoreboard with the yes with the visiting yes, team yeah. on the 
with the visiting team on the right and the home team on the left. Mm-hmm. He sounds it off on PJ. I PJ, uh, I guess. Oh, we had a request for the Vic Ferramonti soundbite again. Here's my problem. Here's what my daily complaint is. I, I got a wonderful new avatar, and I've gotten very few comments on it. On Twitter? Yes, I didn't a wonderful even notice new avatar. It. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic one. Check it out. All right, we'll do this again tomorrow. Buster Olney confirmed. Uh, that's good.